Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I am thrilled to have Dr. Sonia Rinaldi on the show. Sonia is co-founder and research director of IPATI, Institute of Advanced Research on Instrumental Communication. Sonia is, is just an amazing researcher, and I've met her, and she's become a good friend of mine, and I've seen her work, and wow, um, I just have to say, keep an open mind and just listen, and if you know of anyone that you think might benefit from this information, um, please, please send it along because she's she's definitely the real deal. And her latest re- research news and photographs of loved ones in the afterlife are also available um, on her website. And you will want to go to YouTube um, if you find this audio interesting because she does show a slideshow. And it's just great, (laughs) amazing. So her aim is to give comfort and faith to all to help prove the existence of the afterlife and that communication with the spirit world is possible. Enjoy. Today, I am just over the top thrilled to have Sonia Rinaldi on the show. Sonia is co-founder and research director of IPATI, Institute of Advanced Research on Instrumental Transcommunication. Sonia is the author of 17 books and has been participating in research for over 30 years, getting the best results in the world, both in trans images and voices of the deceased. She is the subject of the upcoming documentary, Rinaldi, Instrumental Transcommunication, to the other side. And Sonia, I know you have, um, you put out an e-magazine, which is, I'm so honored to get um, regularly. And now you've brought over 5,000 pages of (laughs) audios, images, videos. Wow. So I I commend, do I hear your puppy in the back or is that my dog? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not around here. (laughs) Okay, okay, good. Well, it's usually my dog, so no problem. So anyway, welcome to the program. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you, Marla, for the opportunity of talking to you, uh, to see you again. Yes. So to your audience, uh, I thank you. Yes. And today we're going to be talking about something that I've never been on had anyone on the show to talk about mainly because Sonia is really the only one that is doing this in the world as or as in a much depth and from a very academic and scientific standpoint and I love what I read that you said about your your work our aim is to give comfort and faith to all to help prove the existence of the afterlife and that communication with the spirit world is possible. So let's talk about instrumental transcommunication. How how did you get involved in this work of documenting the discovery of communication between the living and those loved ones who have passed? Well, Marla, in truth, I think it is a a bit a longer story, but uh, I think that um, uh, the reason why I became interested in this area was because I was raised in nuns school, a Catholic school. Yes. And um, when I was about 15, 16 years old, I was thinking that all those things that I had learned 
sincerely, it didn't make too much sense for me. And I was thinking of one uh, thing. I was thinking, uh, we, when, whenever we make a choice for a religion or a philosophy or anything like that, that defines or uh, uh, guides your life, right? And I was thinking, imagine how sad it is if you make an option uh, for trusting in such or in this or in that religion, and uh, all of a sudden you discover that, oh, that was foolishness, that was not co concrete, that, not, that was not real. And then you say, oh my God, I lost 30 years of my life, 50 years of my life, believing in something that I, and now it is said that it is not right. So I was thinking that I would like to, to, to follow a way that I could uh, feel some security, some uh, that I could be certain that that was not a waste of time. And so when I was, uh, I think some 21, 22 years old, I discovered one institute here in Brazil uh, called the uh, Brazilian Institute for Psycho, uh, Psychobiophysics uh, Research. And then I started attending there. And by that time they were researching uh, reincarnation cases and uh, uh, poltergeist cases that were happening around. And so I started learning to document all these things and how to proceed in, in um, uh, investigation uh, style. And then I, I said, well, this is what I want because uh, I, I'm dealing with something that I, I, can, uh, I can grasp. It is not something that I have to believe. And uh, by the way, the word to believe is something that let me very uncomfortable because I think that either you know or you don't. You don't have to believe. I don't like that. So uh, then I was still attending that place when I heard that the people in Europe was uh, recording voices of the spirits, of the deceased ones. And then I said, well, now things are even better because if this is real, oh, that is what I want. Because this is something that, uh, you know, it, I don't have to believe in that. I don't want to believe in anything. So I, I heard, uh, but they, there were no instructions, nothing. I just read some articles that they in Europe they were recording. Uh, so we had to reinvented the wheel, right? Because there was right. nothing uh, as instruction. And so that's how I started. In truth, I think that it is, was because I am somewhat ex skeptical because um, I'm very hard to believe in things, right? So I think that was the best way. And really, I, I think that today I'm, I was right happily. Yes, yes. I love that when you say, I don't want to believe, I want to know. <laughs> That's a great way to, I think, enter, enter a, a field like this because you want to hear it for yourself. And I just want the listeners to know that Sonia and I have become good friends and I have seen her work firsthand and it is it is mind-blowing and amazing and it's something to hard to really kind of wrap your wrap your head around unless you're actually there and you see it in person and in a few minutes she's actually going to show some pictures of her work and uh Wow. I mean, you're really changing the world. Um, so how, um, how has the scientific community embraced your work? E, well, I think that is a very good question because uh, in truth, it doesn't happen. Yes. <laughs> the point that, uh, uh, let me just turn on the computer. I'm sorry. Otherwise you'll be... Oh. No problem. Oh, I'm sorry. No, uh, yeah, it's working now. Uh, in truth, uh, the academic people, and I also had been there also when I took my, uh, my mastership and my doctorate. And 
the problem is that uh, it is, I think it is so funny that uh, uh, science and religion presently are things that cannot talk together. They cannot go uh, along. Uh, maybe it is because um, many centuries ago, I think that the religion was so, um, so the owner of science. I think that yes. the scientists are so, uh, so frustrated with that, that they don't want to talk about any, any topic that is related. Let's say to religion, I don't like to, to link uh, instrumental transcommunication with re religion. That is absolutely not uh, a religion for me. Um, but uh, I think that uh, scientists should be searching the truth, whatever it, uh, whatever it is or wherever it, it is. So we see uh, investments in all areas. Uh, the most absurd it is, there is no problem because it's science. So you have the right, the right of investigating, even if you were looking for uh, life in Mars. That makes sense because that is science. But to look inside here with us, if life goes on after death, they are afraid because this is not science. And so uh, happily, I see that in the United States specifically, there are lots of uh, medical doctors mainly uh, interested in consciousness studies. So happily, this is a step forward because that is close to what we do. Because yes. I think that these people will finally come to, to the conclusion that they they are even that it is they are still in doubt if the brain if the consciousness needed the brain or not uh, to to survive and so they are still discussing this but I think that uh, in a certain moment this will be proved that they are absolutely independent and that uh, um, the consciousness can survive without the brain so then I think finally we will reach. I step, and then I'm sure that all academics of all areas will run behind us. But yeah. for now, it is the opposite. I usually go uh, behind them for trying to authenticate the phenomenon, but um, it is very complicated. But yeah. we will reach what is possible. Absolutely. Well, you know, you look at um, Dr. Mary Neal, orthopedic surgeon who had the profound near-death experience. And she said she used to think that, you know, science and spirituality are separate, but now she knows that they, they need one another. And science teaches you how to do something and spirituality teaches you why. And, and then you look at Dr. Evan Alexander and his experience and, and, just all of the, and I'm going to say physicians and academics, because it's interesting, I guess that those are the people that have to put kind of a sealed stamp on it, right? <laughs> but there are so many coming out that are realizing that there is, there is something, there is a continuity of consciousness after death. I just um, interviewed Dr. Lommel, Pim Van Lommel, cardiologist yesterday, and and he, it was interesting because, as you said earlier, before our convert, before I hit record, is that many scientists don't want to study this because then they lose their tenure or they don't get grant money and they're afraid really of the career. And he said that that all changes after they they retire. You know, they start really looking into this. So. I agree. I agree so much with you. And don't you agree this is just one more piece of the evidence that consciousness does continue? I mean, we have near-death experiences, shared death experiences, stories from hospice workers, and then your work is just one more piece, piece of the puzzle. Do you agree with that? In a certain way, yes. I, I, I mean, in a certain way, because... I think that uh, whenever uh, instrumental transcommunication um, has the opportunity of enlarging the areas that we can reach and so on, 
I think this will be the piece, the important piece. Why? Yes. Because we deal with, uh, uh, let's say, methods. We, we deal with files, digital files that can be investigated. When you have, for instance, near-death experience or any communication uh, through mediums, you will depend on the personal witness, on the personal uh, view of that, that thing that she or he says that happened, but you cannot grasp it, you cannot investigate because it was gone already. Uh, right. When you have, obviously, it is the, also the word of the medical doctor, and obviously, this is what maintains uh, the thing in the security. But still, it is not something that can be uh, replicated or that can uh, be investigated deeply, because it is some subjective yes. uh, impression of something, right? So I think that... Uh, Instrumental transcommunication comes to supply these because as uh, either in voice or in image, we have everything recorded and these can be investigated. These can be verified if it was paranormal or it was not, you know? So I think that uh, as we go on working and maybe we still have uh, some uh, uh, it's a long road uh, ahead of us, but I think that uh, as we go on, I think that uh, uh, it will be shown that uh, instrumental transcommunication can make the difference. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Well, with that, let's let's show some of your pictures. And before you do, um, I just want to maybe for listeners that don't clearly understand what we're talking about right now. It is um, through vapor and light. And Sonia will walk you through some of the ways that she has experimented and now does this. Um, come images of those who have passed. And some of these images, we don't even know who they are. And then parents will contact you, somehow see this picture and contact you and let them know that it is a loved one. And many times, let's say a teenager has passed, these pictures of them much, much younger will show up and then the parents identify them. And so let's um, let's see some of these, just this amazing work that you're doing. Okay, let's uh, share my screen so that we can then show I'm so excited when this actually works. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is supposed to work. Oh, my God. So here we are. Uh, so I will show you some uh, trans images. That is how we call. And uh, of a different, uh, uh, using different uh, resources for happening, for instance. And it, it, sometimes it is very funny because I use some things from my kitchen. And it works. Uh, so uh, you wouldn't believe what these uh, these plastic uh, support was. It was something something for putting cakes inside. So it's some from from my kitchen. It's not absolutely scientific. But it, what matters is that uh, uh, all these um, the, the phenomena of instrumental transcommunication. I, I would say that is still depends in maybe 95% on the other side. So our cooperation is very small. So it doesn't matter too much if I use a, a very sophisticated, sophisticated resource or a plastic something, you know. It will work because they are the ones that are working, right? So right. this is, uh, is Constantin Raulif. Uh, he is my main communicator in the other side. He was a pioneer of instrumental transcommunication. And when he was alive, he recorded, by that time and there was no image yet, uh, he recorded 70,000 audio wow. samples. And they, he published in a book called The Breakthroughs, 
by his time. So uh, it, he made a, a wonderful work in when he was here. And now he's in the other side and I have the honor of being his partner in this side here. Wow. So, this is uh, one case of uh, apparition. This is Melissa and uh, she's Patricia's uh, daughter. I suppose that you know Patricia. Yes. And uh, Melissa uh, passed at the age of 18 of a heart problem. And uh, Melissa appeared many times. And one of the times that she appeared is this one in the middle of the screen. And uh, as, uh, when she was uh, younger and uh, later, Patricia sent me this photo of Melissa when she was uh, a child. And we can see that uh, it is just the same traces. And uh, the question that uh, I think that we have always to ask is, how such images come to us because right. it is something that implies in such a, a huge technology that we uh, our human science has no idea you know because they are not here and all of a sudden these images in our space time so it is a huge technology that i think that uh, uh, I hope that later on scientists try to discover all this, the, the physics that there is behind the, the communication process, right? So right. this is Abby and uh, her apparition also as a younger. This is something very common. And my interpretation on why this can happen, why they appear younger or much many times as a child and that the family can identify and send pictures showing that indeed that was the the the, the loved one when he or she was a child uh, i think that the reason maybe it is because of precisely of this because the family doesn't expect to see uh, a, a photo that they don't have at home and uh, as a child even more. And so this is Abby and uh, how she appeared. Wow. And uh, this is a Brazilian friend of mine, uh, Nicia. She is uh, working in the translations of my magazines for Portuguese because usually we work first in English and then Nicia. Uh, makes the translations into Portuguese. And she lost this uh, young girl, Beatriz. Uh, and uh, we received the, again, the, the image of Beatriz as a girl. And then Misia sent me this photo at right, uh, showing that uh, really looks like uh, Beatriz. And we can observe that, for instance, in the trans image, Beatrice uh, shows other traces, for instance, observe that the photo, she's smiling uh, largely, and in the trans image, her hair is different, and the, the, the smile is different. So it is a, a photo that uh, Nicia never saw in her life, but it, it still is Beatrice. Yes, amazing. Here, yeah, we have a, a, a case that was very curious. Um, this happened to my friend, uh, Rosanna, and she lost her mother. And uh, again, uh, her mother appeared as a young lady or um, even a teenager at right. So uh, Rosanna was absolutely shocked because she had never seen her mother young like this. And in this case, nearly all the family, all Rosanna's family appeared over her mother. Here we have her mother again, the photo, and the other pictures of her trans images. You see that uh, um, the, the, the head is in another position, the hair is different, the smile is different. So there's no, nothing to do with the photo that uh, Rosanna has. 
Right. And, and um, Sonia, if I can just interject for a second. Yeah. So can you explain a little bit how, I mean, I've, I've seen your work where the vapor, it happens really quickly and how you have to go through each second to be able to see these, see these images. Yeah, in truth, um, to work with the vapor is just one of the resources that I yes that yeah I thought, and the light uh, all the time I'm changing because I think that uh, that is to make the research because if he, you repeat the same thing all the time you will not get new things new advancements so every time I'm changing so uh, indeed I I I I'm mean, still using the vapor because vapor is something that uh, it seems to make something like a curtain that the other side can project something and send it to us over the vapor. So the vapor is in our space time, but the images are not. So I think that they use the vapor as a support. So in this case, I was using also, uh, in Rosanna's case, I was using the vapor. And, uh, but it is just one of the, one of the possibilities. And, uh, and it works uh, and it, it can bring the whole family as we can see. So obviously we don't know precisely how it works, but I, I have my, let's say intuition, if it that's, uh, works for something, that uh, uh, the other side uses uh, a process which is not a transmission, but it is uh, uh, something like a virtual reality in which they can uh, work in a copy of us, and in this copy, these copies will reflect straight to our uh, devices. And then uh, I would say that they work in their space time and they create it there. For instance, uh, if let's suppose that we had some vapor here, I would say that uh, they would use a, a precise copy of these, would change the vapor, and these would come uh, straight to my computer so that in my space, I just see vapor. I don't see any other thing. Right. But in the, the recording, in the, the, the file, it is changed. So that is uh, why I think that it is not a transmission, but it is something that uh, we will still develop on Earth. We don't have such technology yet. Mm -hmm. But I think that uh, one day we'll get there. But I, I think that they work in the copy, and the copy can be... Um, uh, added it to our inserted in our devices. Right. So this is still another case. And um, Rosanna had to look for such. Uh, when she saw this trans image, she 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 thought, "Oh my! I think I I know this lady." And then she looked and discovered that it was her grandmother that she doesn't see for many years. She died wow. long ago. And also her brother also appeared. So I just got this case uh, because it was somewhat recent. And so you can see that uh, uh, his brother also appeared. So uh, again, it's the, the question, it is not only the contents, but also the technology evolved, right? And as you mentioned that uh, sometimes they uh, appear and it is very frequent, um, unknown kids that we have no idea who they are. And then I usually, I publish uh, in each magazine, in, in each report that I make of each recording, uh, I add at the end usually the unknowns. And late, uh, recently I made a collection of only unknowns. So I made a publication of only unknowns with more than 100 announce. So I brought some that are uh, trans images that happened during any recording and we couldn't identify as for instance, this lady, right? Um, maybe someone in the audience may recognize and would be happy to, to know. We are very happy when we discover the parents and the parents are even more happy. happy. Wow. You have another a, a lady and uh, you perceive that she has clear eyes, dark hair. All these are on the vapor, right? So 
these, I think it is something absolutely amazing because um, sometimes I use color lights, right? Um, just things, uh, let me see if it is to show off. Something like this, you see? It is a, a red light. Oh, right. I, so I use many colors. And uh, the incredible is that uh, the other side seems to be capable to separate the colors to to create the image and give some volume. And uh, one thing that calls my attention in spatial is the capacity of creating the hair. The hair sometimes is something that you have the impression that you can touch. So it is quite amazing. Wow. This is somewhat old, but I think it is a nice image as well. Uh, this is an old technology that was not vapor yet, uh, was just a cloth but also serves for them to use as a support of their, of their creations. This also was just a cloth. And uh, so they could, uh, there was no deepness and so it is somewhat old, but it is still our uh, nouns. And uh, this is, uh, sometimes they can, uh, they call the attention for the, the cloth they are wearing. So this boy is wearing something very specific. This may help, uh, help the family to identify. Right. And uh, this is also a lady with short hair. Also, we couldn't identify. And this is us, <laughs> just us. Wow. Amazing. So, and I know. And um, wow, thank you so much for that. Um, and I know you have to go through, so it changes not, you just see vapor. So on the files, and you have to methodically go through every single set. I've seen you do this every single second to, it must just take you. A long time. <laughs> yeah. This is very intensive sure. work. The worst is that it is not a second. Each second of a video has 29 frames. We have to see each frame so that one minute has precisely 1,480 frames. So wow. I usually record short videos of three minutes each, more or less, three, four minutes. And then I go through all these. Obviously, nowadays I, I can go quicker. And uh, mainly I just pick the, the, let's say, what is really very clear, very impressive. But it is absolutely amazing that nearly in no frames, there are things, small things here and there, but I simply ignore because it's not possible to save all that. And uh, right. with the, each recording, I usually produce one e-magazine and each e-magazine has sometimes 80, 100 pages, sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on how much I recorded. But uh, I, I try to register everything that I do so that uh, this can remain after us because one day we will not be here anymore. So yeah. I hope that uh, the, the most that I can spread, I appreciate because these will remain, not us. Right, and these will guide, I think, the new generations for bettering the communication with the other side. Right, so absolutely, it is. Uh, it is. But I love to do this. I cannot. I know you do. Oh, it you... is so exhaustive. No, it is ex exhaustive. But oh, I, I, I think that um, it is something that I get amazed at myself. So I say, oh my, how can this be done? So I, I think that. Uh, uh, time passed by and I not even notice. All right. You are, you are so passionate about this work without any financial help other than your patrons that, that help you. And, and we'll actually have a link about that information, but you do this out of just out of your heart. Um, you know, something I find really comforting too. I've had uh, sometimes it gets confusing because you hear mediums or whomever you feel as if someone just, when they pass, they, they go from their physical body to just spirit. But 
I, especially Rosemary Altea, who's one of my, oh, she's just a sweetheart. She's a very well-known medium healer. And she's explained to me that, that, you know, after you pass, you don't, you still have your ethereal body, which is exactly what you're showing. You know, it's not like you don't, she, she totally sees, you know, sees people. And I just, I find that so comforting too, for, for some reason. Well, not for some reason, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, it is not so obvious to the majority is still. Yes. It, yes. But, but yes, I, I, I'm sure that it is precisely like that. The consciousness is one thing, but let's say that a copy of our body goes together with the consciousness so yeah. that in the sequence of one life, we still have the same appearance. Obviously, that many, many years uh, later, possibly these will change. And whenever we develop our consciousness, I think that will come one day, maybe in some thousand years, that we will not need not even, even a body anymore, uh, not, a, not even a solid body, and not even a, a copy of the body uh, but uh, still our consciousness will be uh, available outside. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think, yes, that's what we see. Uh, it is still the, what we have the impression is still solid. And maybe it is for, for the other side. Because yeah. uh, here in Brazil, we, um, thanks to a very respected medium that now passed, Chico Xavier, he wrote about 400 books about the life on the other side. So that uh, let's say that uh, Brazilians are more familiar with all these topics. So it is not so uh, uncommon for us to imagine that yes, life goes on in the other side. Uh, they work, uh, they eat, they sleep. This may sound, oh my God, uh, this sounds so complicated. But it seems that it is precisely like this. Yeah. Uh, they, they because they need energy uh, to to keep all the uh, let's say the molecules together, and uh, they have to feed as well. So they it, obviously it is not a food like we we prepare at home. It is not a pasta or a, a beef, but it is still something that they have to to uh, eat as a energy to 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 maintain all the, the spirit together and this spends energy right so it makes sense that also they have to rest so all these appear in many many books here so we are used to these already so it is not so so rare but yes right we go on and with the appearance we had yes and the ancient cultures i mean they've always known this and I think we've done a big disfavor in Western society, you know, just having this materialistic view in in science and and but I do I really do believe it's that this is changing and you're you are absolutely the pioneer for for all of this. So just to segue a little bit, and it's not really it's part of all of your work, but you have quite a passion as I do for children. And you've even written a couple of books um, for children. And I'm just, of course, in I think in almost everyone's heart, there's love for us, you know, a small child and that innocence and all of that. But how is it that you were inspired to write? Let's talk about the book for the young ones, Peppy's, um, is it Peppy's Adventure or what? Pe pursuit. Pursuit. Yes. Yes. Pep Pep's pursuit. pursuit. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And we will put a link to all of this um, on the show notes. But how um, how did that come about? Yeah. In truth, I think that uh, well, there are many reasons why I like to write it to children. I wrote some books uh, here in Brazil, paper books, uh, but uh, now I don't have time anymore. So yeah. I the, the last one that I worked was that one that you were mentioning, uh, Pep's Pursuit. And uh, that was more spiritual, really. The other ones were just stories. Uh, but I, I think that the main reason is, um, I think that the, the, loss, the loss of a child, I think it is 
even worse than to lose a teenager or a mother or a husband or whatever. I think that uh, the loss of a child, a small child, is uh, such a, a, a something so deep because um, it is not only uh, the absence of the child, uh, but it is also uh, the, the sensation, I think, that uh, the child needs more attention than the others. So uh, is my child uh, with code? Uh, is my child is sleeping well? How is he or she going in the other side? So I think it is something even worse than the other losses, I think. And um, uh, also maybe because uh, in my last life, I also lost one, one baby and it was a, a very tragic life. And I think that uh, this calls my attention to the importance of helping mothers who lost anyone, not only child, but any in any any loss in truth, um, because I think that that was something very deep in my life. In yeah. when I lived in in Scotland, and I I I know that it was this loss was something that uh, it was uh, really the end of my life at that time. So I would say that uh, if I have the opportunity, as I do now of helping these mothers. I think that uh, it's a privilege for me yeah, to, yeah. to have this opportunity. Uh, and I think that um, uh, it's not only good for these persons, but for me as well, because yeah. every time I have a more certainty of all these and uh, the happiness of uh, being able to rescue somebody because, you know, uh, when you lose someone very loved, mainly a mother who lost a, a boy or a girl or a teenager or whatever, uh, I think that uh, your life loses the, the main meaning, right? And then you have to re reconstruct everything again. Right. But right. if you are sure that this is not a loss at all, but uh, uh, you will meet again your son and your your daughter. You you it is a relief. Obviously, it doesn't substitute the child. It is obvious, but substitute in the meaning of the pain to be smaller. So yeah. I think that uh, I feel really uh, blessed and uh, privileged to be able to do this. So it's not only that these per persons are being helped. I'm also helping it too, so. Yeah, uh, very well said. And your work also, you, you don't have, <laughs> we are so busy, but you're also very interested in, you, you've done some work with those who are still living on this earthly realm, but are nonverbal. Um, yes. People with disabilities, maybe severe autism, those sorts of things, so. So wow, you are you are truly an, an angel to the world. Sonia, mm -hmm. if if people want, if they're curious or they want to be involved in, you know, in your work or see if a trans image can possibly come through or a nonverbal, uh, how how do they? Is there a possibility to to contact you and and get involved in your work? Yes, of course. Uh, I think that the, the 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 best way is the following. Uh, in the last two years, uh, a friend of mine, Amy, that you you met already, yes, uh, yes. she had the idea of making a Patreon website for me because up to there, and that was some 33, 34 years, I had no uh, cooperation of any anybody. Uh, well. Uh, here in Brazil, first, it is not uh, from our culture to support as Americans do. So I was uh, uh, very, let's say, I had to carry on my, my research anyway, and I always bought everything, or computer and uh, whatever I needed, I put from my pocket, right? Uh, I'm retired, and so I, I have some income that uh, I always maintained everything and published and everything. So I was, let's say, making my, my task as I could. 
And uh, uh, two years ago, Amy had the idea of making this website. And so, thank God, uh, it was uh, a blast for me because for the first time in my life, I could see some, some money. And uh, many persons uh, give it $5. But it, it is wonderful because for me, the important is that this person is around. And uh, um, she or he will be informed of our work. So it's absolutely nothing important. It could be even less, but uh, this also helps me. So we have this patron website, uh, which is uh, www.patreon.com. Uh, I, I don't know how to say bar, bar, bar. Bar, yeah. Bar, um, no, no, I don't know. Hyphen? And it will be no. on the show. Uh, yeah, okay, please, because I don't know. And then Sonia yes. Rinaldi. So uh, if people would like to see, uh, there are lots of publications in magazines and everything. Um, they can talk to us as well. So it, it is the best way. Yes, and people can also reach out to me too if they would if they would like to yeah, reach sure. you. But yeah, like you said, the Patreon, it's not really, I mean, it is the money because it, certainly helps towards your research but but it's even more so that you're that you're helping others you know and bringing this information information to the world so what's on the horizon for for all of this i i know recently you start well not that recently but you've started working a lot with light which makes so much sense you know considering we're light beings <laughs> yes well i i think that um uh, well, I came to a point that I, I think that the most important now would be for me to reach the authentication, the scientific authentication. That obviously doesn't depend on me because that's not my area. But by the other, the other hand, I think that everything um, has its correct, its correct time. And uh, I'm sure that in, in this work specifically, or anything related to the other side, all this is under the control of higher beings that follow our progress on earth, the development of our consciousness. So I'm sure that uh, uh, in the right moment, the academics or the scientists will appear and then they will study and verify uh, all these that happens here, and uh, will that will be important for me because it will be an endorsement of what I do. But also, I am sure that this will bring a, a new door to all sciences. In truth, it is not one science specifically because all sciences will change. Uh, medicine, physics, everything. Whenever you have uh, some of, uh, some something in parallel that is, uh, can be perceived through devices, uh, even that we are not able to see. Uh, I think that this will change the view of all the sciences. So I think that uh, uh, this day will come when it is the correct time when the other side decides it is the, the moment. So yeah. uh, I think that that will be what I would like most to have my uh, work studied, investigated, but I, I'm sure that this will happen in the right time. Yeah, I, absolutely. Well, Sonia, is there anything else you'd like to like to share that I that I haven't asked you? Oh no, I think that uh, you covered it with the wonderful questions, and uh, we had the opportunity to to show a little bit. So I think that just to invite persons to visit the work and uh, share with us. I say that uh, uh, I make the research together with all the patrons because uh, we go every week, I, I update them what I have done, what I, uh, how I progressed and so we are working together. And uh, obviously many times, I can work with, because I also needed many decisive ones to talk and so on. For instance, next week, we will be testing a new device for voices. And um, uh, I will ask about some loved ones that I, uh, I have already in mind. So, um, and also I wanted to test something with, with the static 
So all this is, uh, will bring new results and a new development. I think that is what we have to do. So just yeah. invite people to, to share with us. So, Sonia, if people would like to find you, I know the Patreon will be on the web on um, our show notes. And do you have a specific website? I have here in Brazil, uh, which uh, it is, uh, it is the, I don't know if you, you can get it, but it is simple. It is www.ipati.org. So it is simple. Right. So right. you can just uh, inform that, uh, that there are lots of uh, uh, also uh, articles and uh, things about what we are doing. And uh, to, I'll be pleased to receive anyone. Yes, yes. You you are well documented when, when I Google you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's dangerous. And, and, and many wonderful interviews. <laughs> well, Sonia, you're, you're a pioneer, like I said. And thank you for just all that you do. I You truly are an angel to this world. And... I commend you for taking a topic that is so controversial to many and just asking people to open up their hearts. And just, as I always say, you do the research, you look what's out there and then, you know, you can come to your own conclusions and it's, it's just um, your work is so inspirational. So thank you so much. <laughs> and you have a great evening in Brazil. And I hope to see you soon, very soon. Uh, yeah, maybe I go to California. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll come to California. <laughs> okay, yeah, thank you sure. so much. It's going to be a pleasure. Thank you, okay. Marla. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.